Just great. There must be a tracking device on me. Well, what do you want me to do about it? Look for something unusual. Something hard. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. There's helicopters buzzing above, Tristan. Yeah, right? (laughs) Above me specifically. (laughs) Yes. So if we are interrupted, they've cottoned on to our program. Yeah. We aren't technically in lockdown here in Australia. No. So, Greg, we're in the room together. Um, 1.5 meters at least apart, but this could be the last time we're in the same room for for some time because we're about to go on lockdown. I think. Yeah. How's everyone coping out there? You guys doing all right? I'm getting a bit loopy. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah, loopier, loopier. Like I've we're not in lockdown, lockdown, but I've only really gone out to walk around the park, do a couple of laps. It's like a it's like a prison yard type yeah. type deal. I went for a couple of runs earlier in the week. Yeah. Getting a little bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everyone relax. Anyway, that's probably enough Corona talk. Everyone's probably sick of yeah, this. Yeah, we'll edit this out, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in a JCVD week. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Man, this is exciting. It's been a while. It's, well, yeah. it's been the usual amount of time, I suppose. Every Longer than we thought. I think we thought. We the, I uh, think we were. We had a week off. We had a week off, which added to it. But the momentum of the whole JCVD momentum. thing. Momentum of. Um, yeah. uh, the whole JCVD thing when we thought this episode was coming really soon after and it feels like it's been a long time. Yeah. But on that, it's JCVD week. Should we give a Campaign 2000 update? Yes. Yes. So we met this guy. We did. That's pretty exciting. We did. I mean, it was very exciting. We've got to be honest with our listeners and ourselves. Yeah. And And... <laughs> you know, state that we paid for the privilege. We paid tickets. It was an event called An Evening with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Shout out to uh, Mr. Dan Deltz, Dan organizer. Deltz. Dan Deltz, if you're listening. He's not listening, but that's yeah. cool. I hope he's listening because JCVD made some uh, vague commitments to us. He did. Some very vague yet heartfelt commitments. Hey, that's I would say that was my overall takeaway from this event was he's a nice dude. So as part of the... Um, uh, the ticket price, it included mm-hmm. a photo with Jean-Claude photo Van Damme. Rock. The premise of the show is he comes and it's an evening, as, as Tristan said, it's an evening with JCVD. He sat down with uh, Australian commentating legend Michael Chevalier. The voice. The voice. The yeah. big shaboosh. If you're listening. Big kaboosh. Big kaboosh. Hey, we want to get him on the show. Well, yeah, we good. need to work on that. Yeah. I feel like that would be a treat. So he sat down and talked about He's his great. life, etc. Uh, at the Wesley Centre in C- Sydney CBD mm. before the show. If you had the VIP tickets, yeah, not the VVIP, but just the regular VIP. Yeah, there was a VVIP option where you could hang out with him. Yeah, we 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 stooged on that. Yeah, that was twelve hundred bucks. That's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a bit much. Um, but we got the photo op, so we lined up. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to give a quick shout out to Movieverse who oh, put us in point. touch. So actually, yeah. So circle back. Campaign 2000 has been running for a while. Movieverse, friend of the show, great Instagram if you're not following them. He connected us with Dan Deltz, 
also on Instagram, who is the guy that organizes these tours for JCVD. So we've been speaking with him in the lead up to the show. And then, yeah, once we got to the front of the photo line, he's there and he's like, hey, JC, these guys have a podcast all about you, which is not strictly true, but it's a lot about him. And um, he was really like like, genuinely "Ah, like, oh, that's great. Let's take another photo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have some great photos. Oh, we've got to share that, don't we? We 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 got the cheesiest frame. That is delightful. Um, I'm doing the haka. <laughs> we'll share that. But um, ultimately, this is what went down. So this is, I guess, is the crux of the the mm-hmm. campaign 2000 mm-hmm. update. Mm-hmm. He was. We we were quite. Um, I don't know. Starstruck. We were a bit starstruck, to be honest. So we and we were very conscious of not oh, like being assholes and being like, hey, is it going to come in our show? Yeah. So and we didn't it was, actually... We were bordering on Corona territory, so... Oh, yeah, this was already Corona Town. It was, so it was Corona Town, so we... We didn't, weren't shaking hands and stuff. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to grab him and give him a big bear hug. And yeah, yeah, exactly. invade his personal space. Exactly. So it was all a bit... There was a bit of... Not tension, but it was just a bit like... Yeah, 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 exactly. But he off his own back, we didn't bring it up. He said, hey, hey, um, I'll see you guys later, okay? He goes, I'll see you guys later? Like as in... Yeah, like... I'll, a, I'll, I'll, you, you'll be at the after thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Type vibe. Type vibe. Spoiler that's, alert. That that's what... But, um, yeah, spoiler alert, that did not happen. <laughs> it did not happen because it's, for a second it sounds like it's getting really exciting. Yeah, yeah, But the happen. exciting part that did happen was as we were walking away, uh-huh. he called us Off back. Off the stage from after our photo. Well, yeah, he called us back and said, hey, guys, hey, guys, I have a podcast too. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. <laughs> um, but Dan will connect us, okay? And Dan, and he, being, and he, and Dan he touched his two index fingers together. Yeah. <laughs> this which, is, is a, which is a... Honestly, this is a, the one part of the night I remember crystal clear because it was like, it was such an exciting <laughs> I think the other people in the queue were like, he's talking to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's two guys wearing blue jackets for some we reason. We wore the blue jackets. <laughs> the crowd was diverse, so I don't know where we fit in there. group. Like in some ways we stood out and people must have thought we were weirdos, but on the weirdo index we did not really register relative to some others. Um, yeah, there was – I felt <laughs> we were entering into a new territory. I thought we were walking into a crowd that would be like very similar to our listeners. It was not. There was yeah. some, there's some overlap, but there were definitely, it was diverse, which is good. It's interesting. Yeah. But just to close that point out, it may happen. So that was a vague commitment yes. from Jean-Claude Van Damme. It was a vague commitment from a man known for his vague commitments. <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, it it's stuck good, to us. It's a step in the right direction. And reaffirmed the beauty of the man that is JCVD. Because the interview that followed was delightful. It was it was delightful. And he had time for every single person in that photo line. He was bouncing yeah. around. He was like, hey, great to yeah. meet you. Like, he was great. What a good guy. He is a people person. He is a people person. Um, and he has a beautiful soul. Yeah, he was a really sweet guy. And it was great because I wasn't sure. I mean, we've we've been up until this point, we've been doing early JCVD and you see the early interviews and he's, yeah, he's – a sweet little angel, but then you don't know. I don't know. Hollywood years later, could have ripped, yeah. But he's still that out. sweet little angel. Yeah. Um, friend of the show, JCVD. Yeah. A couple of highlights for me that some of the things they talked about because the things we've talked about on this show, which there was some ambiguity around, which was nice to get some closure on. Yes, Predator talks about Predator. Uh huh. And um, he talked about why he wasn't the Predator after initially being mm-hmm. cast as the Predator. Apparently the suit was fucking horrible mm. and he was very worried about injury 
and he was going to leave. And then Carl Weathers gave him advice saying, don't leave, just just get Joel Silver to fire you, which I don't see what the benefit of that would be. Maybe unemployment check or I something. Think, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think there's some sort of benefit. And so he, he he dialed it up and became more of a diva. Yeah. <laughs> he asked for air conditioning in the suit or something. Yeah. And then he eventually got fired, which which is good. And just to <laughs> just to reemphasize that, he got career advice from the great Carl Weathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so I, I obviously they're both in the you know would have been on set together. I just didn't join the dots that wouldn't. I wish they did a movie together. Well, yes, a and also I wonder if he didn't burn that bridge with Joel Silver, what else could have happened? Oh, you know, Joel Silver, Lethal Weapon, point. like um, what else? Everything. Die Hard. He could have been a villain in Die Hard. Uh, the Matrix. He could have been Neo <laughs> or Morpheus. Maybe. <laughs> Welcome to the real he does, world. <laughs> he does like, I mean, he has a Morpheus-type eyewear that he still rocks. That's true. So maybe true. you could say that Morpheus is based on him. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Oh, the other thing you talked about, which I didn't really know much about, maybe you did, was just the meeting Chuck Norris in the early days. Chuck Norris gave him his job as the bouncer at some club in L.A. Yeah, that was all pretty good to hear. Yeah. Joe Jackson, do you know Joe Jackson? Karate Man? Yeah. Yeah, Kicking Pants. Picking jeans. Is that okay? Because he said he was talking about how Chuck got him to spar Joe Jackson and he knocked him down with his roundhouse kick or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Joe Jackson might have been one of the guys that was famous for wearing kicking jeans. They had these types of jeans. I always thought that's because I had hypothesized that maybe that's why JCVD wears his pants so damn high for kicking. Uh, it is. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. And kicking jeans like mum logic. jeans. They're kind of like Kicking kids. jeans. Um, now I did, I did hear exactly what these were, but it was something in the crutch. Yeah. Like they had a, I think, and I could be getting this wrong. And if you're a friend of the show that knows better, please let, please correct me. But I think they had a, a crutch that wasn't denim, like elastic or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a, just some, or just stretchy even, crunch. yeah, just a cotton or whatever. So just so you could kick, so you could do and them still kicking. wear your because jeans were fitted. Uh, in the seventies, as you probably could imagine, mm, yeah, uh, with a flare, yeah. Um, so you couldn't really pull off a good kick. I think Chuck Norris famously got in a fight with some bouncers once. Oh God, I should have looked the story up. I didn't know we were <laughs> going to go on a kicking jeans tangent. And he um, threw a high kick and stacked it because he wasn't wearing the kicking jeans. Of course, you need them kicking jeans. Oh yeah, one other thing I really liked, and speaks to the the heartfelt nature of the the whole evening, was he talked a lot about the early years, and I didn't realize how long he struggled. He said it was basically five years. It's a long five years, time. nothing like broke ass, nothing. And he he said um, there was this point where he finally met a producer. It might have been the Canon Films guy, and gave him his card, and he called the next day, no answer. Kept calling, no answer, no answer, no answer. And then he told this story it was like. He, the way he talked about it, he said, like, God likes to see me very low. He appreciates when I'm low. Um, he doesn't like me to show off. Um, after years of suffering, yada, 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 I, had, I finally had an apartment but no furniture. And after this, he thought he was finally getting yeah. the thing and then no one he, no one answered the call and he just did it broke down. Yeah. He felt like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> Wait, what did I sound like? I sounded like, um, what's his name from? Anaconda, but um, <laughs> I sounded uh, like I sounded like <laughs> this Venice bitch can kill you in a thousand ways. I felt like a sucker. John Voight, John Voight impersonating a Scarface. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but then he, I don't know, something happened and he went to Cannon. I can't tell if he went then into the Cannon offices just off his own back and waited until he got a meeting because he, he waited there for hours, got a meeting with Golan, and this is when that famous line happened. Yep. And, you know, he's, he's in Cannon pictures. This is like serious shit. And Dolph Lundgren's on the wall, Stallone's on the wall, and he's like, yeah. Michael Dudikoff's on the wall. Dudikoff's on the wall. Well, yeah, and this is. Dudikoff, the, Dudikoff. <laughs> this is the thing. He, he goes into his sales pitch. For Golan, who was the head of um, was the head of Canon Films at the time, and said, "I came to this country with nothing, with twelve dollars." <laughs> and he's then, like, and then he goes, "It was more like five, five yeah, grand." Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, 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 that was great. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's, I took off my shirt. I have muscles. I can kick. And then I took two chairs and I did the splits. And then Golan said, "My friend, many people like there are many people like you in the gym in California. Chuck Norris, he's a star. Michael Dudikoff, he's a star. You, you will never be a star." Go Wrong. Home, go home and get a real job. Yeah. So fucking heartbreaking again. And he's begging, pleading. He's like, I can't go back and tell my father that I failed. You know, this kind of shit. It was, it was pretty hard. I mean, he's obviously traumatizing the story. Who knows if it went down exactly like this. But then he was like, do you have anything? And he's like, hmm. Karen, bring in And then what happened? And then they made Bloodsport. And, and Golan they, was like, this is a piece of shit. Yeah. I don't want to work with you anymore. And, and he said, Jackson, you look like a Jackson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of these things happened. Wow. He re-edited it. The rest is history. Yada, 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 yada. Another cool, one final cool thing, I guess, was he keeps talking about this new movie that he wants to do called The Tower and they're looking for a director and this is going to be like a good movie. Mm. Like his, his, what, what. Mickey Rock piece. was in The Wrestler. Yeah, he did reference yeah. Mickey Rock in The Wrestler, which I loved. Because yeah. This is what he's awesome. shooting for. Because he, he can do that 100%. Who right? was the director of that? I can't remember. It was one of those. Someone of significance. S- yeah. Alvarez? Oh, Aronofsky. Aronofsky, Alvarez. <laughs> Alvarez. Starts with an A. I'll give myself three points out of a possible ten for that guess. That's the guy that did like Black Swan, Mother, Requiem for a Dream. Anyway, that's that's a pretty long campaign 2000 update but for the first time we've actually had an update so that's yeah. exciting we're not there yet but man it's a step in the right direction we touched him <laughs> we did touch him and he touched us he touched us he's got his arm on you in the other photo yeah I, yeah I noticed. yeah yeah i haven't, I haven't washed that shoulder since since corona, since corona. Mm. <laughs> um there's lots on the web on kicking jeans by the way <laughs> as it turns out <laughs> i think there's a there's an instagram post in there oh nice kicking jeans kicking jeans all right. Anyway, should we should we bring focus back to this particular picture? Okay. The so, year was nineteen ninety two. Ninety two. Now, I I endeavour to source a point of reference for us to reflect on, ideally that is thematically relevant to what we're covering. Yeah, to bring us in the zone. Yeah. Bring us in the era. Bring us in the headspace. So I'm not doing that. No. Today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, of course, there was the Barcelona Olympics. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, thoughts and prayers with Spain. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if I'm struggling, sometimes I'll just Google who was born in that year because then you go, wow. Selena Gomez. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cardi B. Wow. Interesting. I think of her as older for some reason. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Miley Cyrus. Wow. Right. Demi Lovato. Wow. I know of her. I'm not yeah. clear on what she does. No. I think she's a singer. Yeah. Uh, and she might have dated um, mixed martial arts superstar 
uh, Luke Rockhold. Really? For a period. I think she's a lesbian. Well, Luke Rockhold could influence that. Yeah, okay. He's a bit of a dreamboat. Ah. He's a MMA superstar slash Ralph Lauren model. Oh, right. That's not a lot of not a lot of people in that Venn diagram. No. <laughs> no, he's, he's a hot property. Mm. Um that's all. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, dear listeners and friends of the show. It was, um, yeah, I just didn't have it today. That's okay. I think the JCVD episode is always a slightly different flavor anyway. We, mm. There's so much, there's always so much JCVD stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I'm not going to lie, it was a big year for movies too, Greg. Mm, yeah. 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 1992, you had Aladdin. Aladdin. The Bodyguard. Bodyguard. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I'm just going to repeat them all as you say them. Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct. Lethal Weapon Lethal 3. Lethal Weapon 3. Batman I Pit. hate to say it. I hate to say it, but it was probably me. <laughs> that song we used to joke at school was about a fart. Oh, that's pretty good. And my mate's dad roasted me. He was singing. He goes, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. It was probably Greg. <laughs> Still remember that, Mr. Oh, he Pickles. He probably still remembers that. Yeah. As like a mad dad. I wonder where he moment. is now. <laughs> nice guy. A Few Good Men, Sister Act, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Number 10, Wayne's World. But you know what came in at number 42? 42. Um, it bears some relevance to this episode. Universal Soldier? Yeah! Came out July 1992, mm-hmm. budget of $23 million, gross of $80 million. It was a success, but I, it's interesting that you can be number 42 and be, well, I guess it's relative to budget. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, so it did pretty well. From a critical point of view, it only scored 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Surprising. Fools. Surprising. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it would do better. Perhaps they got the numbers mixed up. What percent did you say? 29 thing about doing 92. I think it might have been 92. Maybe they were typing like with a mirror. In yeah, a, dyslexia. Yeah. There's there's multiple reasons. Obviously, it's a like it's a flaw. It's a fault. Audience gave it 46%. I would have thought this would be around 50, 60 kind of thing. I get that it's not for everyone and I get that it has flaws depending on how you watch it. But like as this type of movie, I think it's pretty damn good. We'll get into all that. Mm. But um, yeah, I would have thought this would be higher. Higher. Yeah, I yeah. mean, people, you know, they're congregating on Bondi Beach. I just, we can't overestimate or underestimate the stupidity of the human race. People are the waste. Toilet the paper, waste. panic buying. Yeah, they're. It's probably panic buyers that have that have rated this. So same low. people. It's yeah, the same sa- people. exact same people. I don't have the data in front of me, but I'm going to take it's a none leap. of the friends of the show, obviously. Exactly. Not our people. Not our people. Hey, was this a big deal for you? This movie. Yes. Yeah, same. So I've I've probably spoken before how my brother I have uh, how my brother got acts like found a this store in the city that you yeah, could go yeah, and buy yeah. a VHS just like you'd rent at Video Easy or whatever. Yeah, um, because it was pretty was special to own videos. Yeah, right? in not the like, in the proper cover, not yeah. just in the yeah the tape over not just taped over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this was one of them. Yeah. So Double Impact was one of them. Universal Soldier was one oh, of them. Wow. Okay. And Dick and Ricochet, starring Denzel Washington. Oh, um, I think I've seen that. We uh, we need to cover it at yeah, some point. Okay. Uh, for that reason, had John Lithgow. Oh, um, Rhonda. 
Honda. <laughs> that's from that's from it's Ricochet. From that? Oh, there you go. Now yeah. I have to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ronda's Ronda's a prostitute. Right. Um, where was I? <laughs> so, so yeah. So that lived. So this film lived in my house. Yeah. Uh, it would have been later nineties by then. Maybe call it ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. Um, and I watched it a lot. Yeah, a lot. Interestingly, I obviously watched this at Jono's house. There's no way my mother would let me watch this. I think it was probably the first of its type of this type of movie that I watched. Yeah, right. It was like you're a little bit older. I probably watched it relatively close to when it came out. Oh, okay, right. Oh, I mean, well, relatively. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I most of these early JCVD movies I would have caught up much two, later. You're still, how old are you at? Eight? Seven? Exactly. And so I think I saw this quite young because I was pretty, like, like it was, it stuck with me, man. Like, I yeah, was right. terrified of Dolph. This is the first thing I ever saw Dolph in. Yeah. Um, and I thought he was terrifying. The violence, it is it's, it's very brutal. Yeah. And the, the, and the rewatch syringe scene Ooh. where he ki- I watched that this morning where he kills the, the the scientist guy. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's quite It's very brutal." It was unsettling this morning after a heavy Negroni session <laughs> last night. Well, that's what I found not to skip out of the rewatch, but I was expecting it not to be as brutal, but it was. I mm. thought just as a kid I thought it was brutal, mm. but it was. But I'm wondering also, I wonder if maybe Jono had the same access to say the same um store? video store. Maybe. Or like his uncle or something because his uncle would often like get in on this stuff because all of these movies, all these ones you just listed almost, well, not all, you only listed three, but two out of three of them I would have watched at Jono's house and Bloodsport, all those movies definitely were there. So, yeah, it it was, this is a big one for me and this, I would say this and Bloodsport are like my two, like I, when I think of JCVD, mm, yeah, right. that these are the ones um, and Dolph as well for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's an iconic duo. It is. If you think, I mean, it's akin to having uh, De Niro and Pacino. Yeah. This is the heat of its era. It is in many yeah. ways. The, um, the Irishman, perhaps, of its era. Yeah. Um, it's, I guess, Alison is Pesci. Joe Pesci. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she must be. I guess so. It could have had a good Joe Pesci because realistically in the army, there's always that soldier who's like the wisecracking little uh, yeah, mm. psychopath guy. He could have been that and he would have come back. That would have been good to have him come back as a unisol, as they're known, mm. Um, mm. With a little wise guy with a cigar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you could write that into any script. That's And you sh- probably it's worth should. worth its weight in scripting. Yeah, it's worth its weight in paper. Um, should I get into the origin story real quick? I'd like you to get into the origin story. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Origin story. So, just as background, this is a JCVD episode, and we do we want to build these episodes so that if you listen to every tenth episode, you'd get a good picture of JCVD's kind of life because mm. we're doing these in chronological mm-hmm. order. So, to recap where we've been, um, and a reminder that this has only been a four-year journey so far. So, it's now 1992, four years after Bloodsport, three years after Cyborg and Kickboxer, two years after Lionheart and Death Warrant. It's getting bigger and bigger still. Uh-huh. This, I would argue, is maybe the first step into maybe the next era of JCVD. Mm-hmm. Like maybe maybe Double Impact closes out phase one, Yep, perhaps. A big turning point. And I think maybe a bit like Arnie doing Terminator, this is like stepping into like the mainstream, the mainstream kind uh-huh. of deal. Uh, and entry perhaps into Lat Pack. Yep. Um, and these movies are getting bigger and bigger. So this grossed $80 million, which is about the same as Double Impact. But up until this point, you know, Bloodsport, 12 mil, Cyborg, 10 mil, Kickboxer, 50 mil, Lionheart, 24 mil, Death Warrant, 46. 
bigger and bigger. This this is yeah. this is continuing the trend. Uh huh. He's still married to Gladys. He's got his two kids. First round. First round. They mar- they remarried later. Um, however, it is this year that he again turning point in many ways. It is this year that he started his affair with actress Darcy Lapierre. Lapierre. Mm. I don't know much about her. Who he later married in 1994 oh. and had two kids with. Yeah, one of which I think was the guy we saw at the. Thing. The thing, that guy yeah, he with did the have shoes. a son with him. Yeah, yeah. So in many ways, it was a turning point. Turning point career-wise, becoming big movie star, and I think as we all know that that growth, that trajectory, did have implications on his personal life. So mm-hmm. maybe this is where a lot of that kind of transformation is starting. It's interesting because yeah, he's it's that makes sense. You know, he's made it. He's man. It's four years. He's it's he's one t- of us. He's a party guy. Yeah, we're friends of the show. He would have been we, in his twenties still. We also like to party. <laughs> Probably giving off the wrong vibes there. Yeah. I think we, we cut that. <laughs> we cut all that. Thank you. But I think your, your point you're getting at is probably it's four years. This is a meteoric rise. Yeah, after He's five been years broke ass of, for five he, years. And, I, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't talk directly to it often and he certainly didn't in, in the night we went to. Yeah. And I suspect it was, you know, those lean years, he was probably not his best version of himself. I would agree. I, he might have been borrowing things that didn't get returned. Because he says, like, I don't want to go into details, yeah. but, you know, that kind of thing. He's gone from zero to, like, a lot of money yeah. and a lot of fame very yeah. quickly. And you know what's interesting? And this is a side note. Someone should make a documentary about the friendship between Arsenio Hall and Van Damme because pretty much every movie we do, there's an Arsenio interview for it, mm-hmm. which is handy. But it's also an interesting yardstick in seeing the transformation of him because the interview for this movie I, oh, I didn't watch it. is the one with the – Open denim vest with no shirt underneath. He takes it off at one point. Yeah. The hair slicked back. And earlier in the same year, he was on the show in a suit, still yeah, kind of shy yeah. guy. And this yeah. one is, he's still the same guy, don't get me wrong. But there's definitely, you're starting to see. A bit of Hollywood. A bit of Hollywood getting in there. You're a Hollywood. Um, so truly, truly a turning point. So up until this point, he had, he, he a lot of his movies have been rooted in like a certain group of, certain group of people. Uh-huh. You know, Sheldon Letich, Mark DeSally, Canon Films, sort of. And this is, it was all very mm. much within that kind of yeah. ecosystem. But this is the first time he's busting out. Carol Coe. Carol Coe. Carol Coe. And they're a big bloody deal, right? So First Blood, I think, was one of the early ones. Stallone did a bunch with him. But then through to Terminator 2, Turtle Recall, Basic Instinct, they eventually folded, I believe, soon after Basic Instinct. Yeah, right. I can't remember if was it was that a corona related. There. Probably, I assume, yeah, it must have been. Uh, but not just Carol Co was like a new arena for him, but director Roland Emmerich, which I didn't realize until. Who's that? He's like Independence Day, oh. all the disaster movies, so Day After Tomorrow, 2012, all that kind of stuff, which is kind of funny because last week Outbreak was Wolfgang Peterson, uh-huh. another German director, uh-huh. first Hollywood movie. And that movie very much followed a disaster movie template. And this is the disaster movie guy, although this movie's not really that. But it's interesting. It is. Time is a flat circle. Wow. Wow. So this was his first wow. um, Hollywood, Hollywood movie. And he was brought over Watch by- your dream. <laughs> he was making movies in Germany, his native Germany, oh. which were apparently very American in style. 
Ah. which the Germans didn't like so much, but the Americans did. And he was brought over by Carol Coe to make a Stallone movie for a $65 million budget, uh-huh. big fucking deal, replacing Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott had dropped out. And so this is like big stuff. I know Ridley. Yeah, and I thought, maybe this, work. I thought maybe this was cliffhanger. Titty hanger. <laughs> oh, save that. <laughs> I thought this movie that he was coming to do was cliffhanger. That's the only thing I could figure out maybe uh-huh. it would be. But actually, it turns out I think it was some movie that never happened called Isobar, which mm. was some sci-fi piece of junk and produced by Joel Silver. Demolition Man? Yeah, but it wasn't, yeah, because it was about some monster on a train or something. I don't know. I wonder if they had a toilet scenario there. Probably. That was produced by Joel Silver and Ridley Scott had dropped out because he wasn't getting along with Joel Silver and the same thing happened. Joel Silver seems like he may be hard to get on with. Yeah, yeah. I think you're in a... You only side it like yeah. there's extremes, yeah. So Roland wasn't getting along either. He's like, this movie's pretty shit. This movie's going to cost more than it says and it's going to be a piece of shit. Um, this is what he said to Carol Coe. And the guy there, I forget his name, Mario or something, Mario Casa said, I like the cut of your jib. How about another movie? I've got this mm-hmm. smaller project called Universal Soldier. Working title. Smaller picture, budget of $20 million. And they had already had a... Uh, director attached, Mr. Andrew Davis, not our friend, but a, oh, <laughs> but a director named, paste. Yeah, named Andrew Davis. Um, he made Under Siege in The Fugitive, so he's a friend of the show. But he was like, ah. I can't make this movie for $20 million, I'm out. And so Mario was saying to Roland, if you can make this for 20 mil, like you're in, do this. And he's like, all right. Because all the stars are already attached because it was already about to be made and the director dropped out. And he's like, oh, okay, so who's, who's Jean-Claude Van Damme? He hadn't to yeah. know him. Didn't know him. And so him and his writing partner went and watched the movies and his writing partner said, you can't, <laughs> you can't make this movie. You can't work with these people. And um, this is genius. This is great. Because so, <laughs> they're too talented. Yeah, I assume so. Um, I think, you know, from their point of view, they're referring to the perhaps wooden acting of some of the stars at this point in their careers. But anyway, they, they came up with this great idea to make it work, to make their limited acting capability work. His, his main rewrite was I'll kill them in the first scene and then they come back, you know, when they come back, oh, no. they're, they're, they're essentially robots. Oh, David. <laughs> um, is that what? Yeah, yeah. So that's, they're essentially robots. He talked about it in the interview. He said, um, I rented all of his videos and went, oh. <laughs> and my co-writer, Dean Devlin, said, you cannot work with these people. And I said, I have a great idea. We kill them at the beginning and then when they wake up, they're automatically controlled people. This is genius. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. That's but pretty I, good. But I obviously resent oh, yeah. referring to. I tell you what, he's not as bad as fucking David S. Goya. I remember he, he's, he was the writer of Death Warrant, went That's on right. to write Batman and is a big fucking deal now and he talks about JCVD like a... What a, a little ingrate. He was a uni student and got a big break and he and, anyway, and JCDVD JCDVD JC said to him so JC is what his friends seem to be calling him. So, so that's what we're, we're, we're just yeah. gonna run with that. Yeah. Um JC apparently um said one day you're gonna make a movie that's you're gonna be too big for me. Yeah, too thing. good for me. Too good for me. And he said that like it like a joke. He's in like, like yeah, oh, what an uh, idiot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice thing to say. He's more famous than you at that point. Yes, like, and still is. Who are you? <laughs> Can you do the splits between two moving Volvo trucks? That's a fucking good point. Hey, speaking of um, Volvo trucks, there's a lot of trucks in the trailer. How's that for a segue? I like it. <laughs> Let's play the trailer. 
it was a top secret government project. Pac-Man eyes. All of them. Designed to create the perfect soldier. No man would ever again have to die in the service of his country. Cryogenically preserved. Okay, guys. Memory clearance. Genetically enhanced. How's the picture? Pretty ugly. Very fun. Very fun. Programmed to obey. They're at the tower. Okay, okay, here we go. Who are these guys? 30 hostages held inside the power station at the base of the structure. I said shut up! Go inside. Begin phase two. This marks the third successful mission for the Universal Soldier. But there was something they didn't count on. He's not responding. GR-44, do you read me? At the end of the mission, he became completely unresponsive. Inside the machine is a man. Do you really think the Pentagon would allow the regeneration of dead soldiers? Stop the girl. Shoot if you have to. And all it takes... Veronica Roberts, TNA. ...is one memory... You didn't do anything! ...to awaken him. Universal Soldier. What the hell did they do to you? Don't know. But I'm going to find out. One can't be controlled. Buckle up. The other cannot be stopped. This mission has been canceled. I'm giving the orders from now on. I'm going to teach them all. Ultimate weapons of the future have declared war on each other. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren, Universal Soldier. Stop, that is an order. Well, that's a good trailer. Yeah, yeah, there was a good trailer. Uh, I think it spelled out their point of view of what this is about. I had a, I had a slightly different take mm. on this one. I saw Universal Soldier as an exploration of the complexities of post-traumatic stress disorder, specifically uh, combat PTSD, uh, in returning U.S. Marine vets from the uh, Vietnam War. Mm. It is a commentary. Yeah, it is a commentary. It, yeah. It's a commentary, but it's also a David Lynch-esque fantasy world. Interesting. Uh, where the soldiers believe they're still in Nam. Mm. Um, Luke, uh, it's L-U-C. Luke. Um, yeah, he was a ca- he had Cajun parents. That was the, the nice, we can come back yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Andrew Scott, Sergeant Andrew Scott, a.k.a. Dolph, are stuck in a mental vortex of combat on two sides of the coin, evil and good. Mm. I think you could call this an early Shutter Island. Oh, yeah. Um, no doubt Marty, um, friend of the show, Marty, a.k.a. Martin Scorsese, would have been watching this while he was on set with Goodfellas. Yeah. And I think it planted a seed for Shutter Island. That much is, is obvious. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's interesting in that regard. Um, so Phil, the film follows the lives back in the US. None of it makes a lot of sense, but that's fine because we're treated to some high-quality action. Yeah. Um, there's a tasteful peppering of, of action and martial arts and trucks. A lot of trucks. Mm. I had forgotten. I think at certain points it, it almost dabbles into, speaking of movies that this may have inspired, uh-huh. 
Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. The big, the, yeah. basically, that whole thing's a car chase through the desert. This uh-huh. is very similar yeah, one in a chase. lot of ways. Yeah, very similar. Mm. Few films have um, dabbled here. Did you ever see Dead Presidents? That was quite a solid treatment of the no. same topic. They basically get back from, from Vietnam and they've got no money and they, yeah, they're yeah, addicted, yeah. All addicted to heroin and whatnot. Oh, right. That's heavy. Yeah. That's my. Maybe I was thinking of the Dead Presidents in. Um, Point Break? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of rumblings for Point Break out there. Oh, yeah, we've got to yeah, do that soon. we got a lot of rumblings. We just don't want to run out of Swayze. Swayze. I get that we've got to do it, yeah. Swayze. Swayze. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where this film took me. That's interesting. And can I also just add one little bit to your synopsis Please. there? Um, uh, not from me, actually, from Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's quite interesting some of the phrasings he chooses in his articulation of the plot here. Big action film, big guys, lots of muscles, comedy. And maybe a love story. It's also a love story. It's also a love story. Thank you, <laughs> JC. And it's interesting because, you know, we, I mean, you may have noticed there that. Comedy. The, oh, yeah, comedy. Uh, <laughs> I was watching like the making of too, and they referred to comedy. And what they showed when they were talking about that was the diner scene, I was which say, I guess the that's scene? probably it. There's or a- like, look for something hard. Maybe that. Something weird, something hard. Mm, I think he's referring to his penis. Yeah, his pain. But then. <laughs> At one point, he looks down. He's like, "Should is that normal?" So, what does he know, and what does he not know about? Does he not know if he should have a penis? Does he not know basic anatomy? <laughs> yeah, like what is he forgotten? Yeah, it's a bit in a, all over the shop there. Yeah, yeah. Should we do the JC test? Yeah, let's do the JC test. You know, in, in the past, we've used this as the synopsis, but but he's evolving. He's evolving. So we'll read through our generic JCVD synopsis. This is a, a universal Soldier. distillation of every JCVD movie from what we could tell. But we like to use it as a bit of a measuring stick to just get a sense of how JCVD is this movie. So JCVD plays an American, air quotes, who wears high-waisted pleated pants in a foreign land on a quest to seek revenge for a fallen loved one at the hands of morally corrupt racial stereotypes. It is about to find out that training to fight his enemy means facing the enemies within and slowly doing the splits. He also gets his buns out. So now this is interesting because in the past we have used that as the plot synopsis segment of the show. But I think yes. we're starting to find that at this point in his career, we're about, we to, start, find out. We're about to find out that we start to deviate a little from this, um, this what has been the, the tried and tested formula. Yeah. Should we break it down? So the first one, I mean, I think the first couple are in there. So mm-hmm. air quotes American. How, what's his explanation of the accent in this one? Cajun parents. Yeah. He's Which, from, he's from uh I think we Louisiana. talked about this in, in another episode that why don't they just make him Cajun we, all the time from New Orleans? Yeah. And you I think are, maybe you, you said, asked if there was a Cajun. And if I think there you is said a, it was this one. Yeah, maybe. No, it's not this. Well, I forgot about this oh, okay. one. The, the actual, I think hard target set down there, isn't ah, it? Ah, right. I can't remember. I think it's hard target. Because that made me think he should play oh, Gambit. You know Gambit from X-Men? He should, no, play, he should play that guy. Carol would. Yeah. Carol, you agree. Is he the gambler? Yeah, he's the one with the cards. Monami. Yeah, because he's basically got the same accent. Ah. Um, <laughs> that's how you should cast crawfish. every movie. Yeah, Crawfish loves it. Poe boys and shit. Oh, man. Take it back. <laughs> uh, buns out. Yep, he gets his buns out very early. And can I add here, maybe... Hiding in plain sight has been 
Jean-Claude Van Damme, hardcore feminist. I've got a little clip here. What do you think? When I watch your movies, you seem so comfortable with yourself, especially this latest one. You will take off your clothes like that. You yeah. don't seem to care. We always show. <laughs> yeah. uh, we always show. I mean, we show women, right? So, I mean, it's time for the guys to show their body too, no? So, uh, when I'll be like 55, 60 years old, I can tell my grandson, "Look at your grandpa." But look, I mean, uh, look, you look good, you know. You have to go train and go to the gym to have a nice body. I take advantage of my uh, body. He took his shirt off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but how about that? See, oh, he's fighting JC. for equality. Every time his buns are on screen, it is standing for feminism. I found it confronting. It was too greasy. It was, and it was and very like immediate. And it was frequent in the first half of the movie. Like it was a lot. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, it, was it was very greasy. Maybe I'd take my clothes off. Um, splits. I don't think he did the splits, did he? Foolish. Yeah. Pleated pants. No, just army pants. They're not really. I mean, some will maybe watch. They might have been high waisted. Yeah. But we're not really. Mysterious foreign land, other than starting in Vietnam. It's in a, it's in a deserty type. Yeah. But it's very much America. America. And racial stereotypes, not really. Like the bad guy, it's not a. It's not a he's not facing off against a f- foreign stereotype. It's just. Blonde hair, mm. blue eyed, Dolph, like the perfect, <laughs> perfect specimen of white Aryan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no. He's the Aryan blueprint. There's no, you know, dark skinned bad person. So, uh, again, a turning point in the career of Jean Claude mm. Van Damme. Like, this is going to become less, perhaps less and less relevant. This little synopsis he wrote back in the day. Crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. How did you feel about the film overall? What were your, what were your initial thoughts there? Uh, it was a nostalgic nostalgia. Yeah, me too. I hadn't watched this since. I haven't watched it for yeah. a while. I, and I, as I say, I watched this a lot. So yeah, it, there wasn't a heap there for me that was different. A little bit like Wizard of Oz was. Wow. Like Wizard of Oz, you probably haven't watched that in a long time, but you watched it a lot when you were a kid. Mm. Like the, um, I, I think yeah. I said to you while I was watching it that, during the first, by the end of the first thirty minutes, I was like, oh, "I thought this this is all I remembered from the movie." So maybe yeah. I maybe it was one of those ones where I watched the beginning a lot. You know, you start a movie, then you stop. But then as the rest of the movie unfolded, I remembered. Yeah. And so like the ending with him on the spikes, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. fuck! How could I forget?" I that? forgot that he got grinded though. Interesting because on IMDb trivia, it said in Australia, the theatrical release, which I don't know if that becomes the video release too, in Australia specifically, didn't have the grinding part. Mm. So I wonder. Maybe I hadn't. Maybe seen we it. hadn't seen it because same. I remember the spikes, and I didn't remember the grinding. He puts spoiler alert if you haven't caught this one. The good guys win. The good guys win. He puts Dolph through a like a tree. Yeah, you know, you, I didn't realize Minsa, it was like, like a, in Fargo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I didn't because he didn't grind him in in the version we saw. I think I didn't know that's what it was. Mm. I was like, why is this thing with spikes just lying around? Because he come, comes back in a later episode. So how do they? Well, they all, yeah, they all come back. But, yeah, overall, I was like, I enjoyed it. This was fun. It was, like I was saying, I was still shocked by it. It was fucking brutal, man. When he shot the cameraman especially. Or the opening scene, obviously. There's a lot of death. But it's so, it's so brutal. It is 
brutal. So just quickly on that, it's an MA rating these days, MA 15 plus. Yeah. So does R not exist anymore? Did I sleep through that? Uh, it does. This, this has got to be, this is R town. This is R18 plus. Yeah, why wouldn't this be R? 16-year-olds should not be allowed. It's brutal. But I've been thinking ever since friend of the show, um, Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven. Yes. Ever since he was talking about violence and it's like it should be confronting yes. because violence is bad. It should be disturbing. So when you see – because Robocop, a lot of his movies are very violent, right? Mm-hmm. And ever since he said that, it made me think about it a lot. You watch movies like Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, mm. so many deaths – but they're treated in such a way where they're like not violent. Mm-hmm. And so that actually is probably worse. That's probably more ha- has a negative impact on society than actually showing the brutality yeah, of fuck murder. Fuck you, Marvel. Because it is brutal and you should be wincing at someone dying. That should be horrible. And it is in this. So I you think should that be, could be a good thing. I, I That's an interesting take. Yeah. Um, it's got merit. I agree that you should be wincing when – Someone gets a, a syringe yeah. shoved through their face Oof. from the back. That oh, pops actually, out his imagine if this was directed by Verhoeven. That would be pretty good. It would be a bit crisper, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Again, he's, he, this is where he thrives. Like yeah. we said in Demolition Man, that would have been good for him, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's actually a really good call. He would have been. He would have the man. elevated some of the commentary. Like he probably would have made it actually what you were saying yeah. it was about. Oh, interestingly, the fashion. Um, so the the chicken at Ali Walker, I thought she was great. First of all, yeah, me she, too. She may be at least Loki MVP, perhaps. Well, that's the thing. I was like Loki MVP, and I'm like, well, she's kind of not Loki. She's she, yeah, she's exactly. Front and Where did she go? Exactly. She's this really is the good. Thing. I was like, she's great. She reminds me of like, um, I don't know, Catherine Keener. Is that her name? That chick. She's like in John Malkovich. She's yeah. like, because that's similar, like, yeah, she's mm. almost like, it's like Vince Vaughn energy, like the banter mm. is like, mm. yeah, and we're watching it. real. Yeah, and now I was watching it and she was like, oh, the fashion in this is awesome. Like it's what, everything she was wearing in her hairstyle is like now. Is it? Yeah. What's she wearing? Uh, I can't remember, but it was just like a floppy shirt or floppy something. Floppy shirt. But it was, I think it was more the hair and that kind of thing. Mm. But that's interesting too. But yeah, I thought she was great. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> And yeah, I have no idea what she's done since. Like, why do we not have more of her in our lives? Yeah, she's she great. was good, yeah. really good. Yeah. Oh, one thing I didn't really understand in the movie, perhaps you can shed some light, is I don't really get. Did Dolph have a goal? Yeah, I think he thought he was. He wanted to keep the war going. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. he's just a psycho, right? He's, yeah. And that's, I think that's the other part why I found it so disturbing as a kid because I think the shit that really scares me is like when it's just a person that's horrible mm. you know what i mean like freddie it's like if it's supernatural and shit it doesn't bother me as much because it's couldn't really happen mm. in theory but if if someone is just an asshole and wants to murder people they can do that that's what i find disturbing yeah just happens yeah like that <laughs> greg has your machete arrived yet my machete has not yet arrived <laughs> i think there's uh troubles at the storeroom <laughs> oh did you hear to to Dial up some PR for this about the fight in Cannes. Yeah, Cannes yeah, Festival. yeah. They had a, a so little they, pushy shovey. They had a little pushy shovey. It doesn't translate to the point. I'll put it on Instagram because there's no audio really. But they had a little tussle on the red carpet in Cannes. At the time, I guess it was like, whoa, tension. Like they hate each other, blah, 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 blah. But it was a, it was a publicity it was a stunt. Publicity stunt. He's, you got um, yeah, he explains it here on Arsenio, of course. There was a headline about you and Dolph kind of getting competitive and it even becoming physical. Is that true or not? 
In Cannes? Yeah. Okay. The movie was complete but not cut yet, right? Right. So I was in Cannes with Dolph. Mm -hmm. So I called his room and said, Dolph, we have a problem. We're here. We have no movie to show up. So let's do something special. Remember when uh, Sly and Arnold were dancing in Cannes? Mm -hmm. What about you and I um, having a friction on the, you know, on the steps of the red carpet in Cannes Festival? So he said, yeah, that's a good idea. So um, we push around each other, you know, and then we made all the news in Cannes. So you set that up? Yeah, yeah, I'm a businessman. <laughs> you said that before, uh, maybe not on the show, but we were talking once, and you said being a movie star is like being a politician. There are things you have to do. You know, you have so much competition now in, in, in the business. You have to know about stories and uh, publicity, promotion, casting, music. It's such a big industry. You know about it. So, uh... I'm trying to do my best to promote movies. And I think I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah. So there's a bit more of an air of arrogance at this yeah. point. Yeah. Look, it happens to the But fair us. enough. Yeah, man. I'd probably turn into such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that with Justin Bieber all the time. Imagine if you became famous at that age. I was already an asshole with no money at 18. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Question for you. Mm. Um, genetically augmented soldiers from Nam is such a hot topic right now. Where mm. do you stand on all this? <laughs> My notes are a bit weird today. <laughs> You've got to be on your toes today, mate. I'm sorry. I enjoyed that. Look, it's going to happen. I don't think... <laughs> it's, not, it's not if... But when? It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I think Bill Gates did a speech on this at TEDx in yeah, yeah. 2015. Um, I think it's probably going to be more robo. Oh, actually, you know what it is? Oh, no, that's basically Robocop. Sorry, let me explain what's bouncing around my head. <laughs> let me I'll give you a moment. Pull you into the full story here. My, my circle of logic just then was like, you know what it'll be? It'll be robots. Oh, but actually then they'll need that human quality to make decisions that robots can't make that involve some whatever. whatever. Identifying so anatomy. Yeah, so then, <laughs> then there'll be a blend, but then that's Robocop and that's basically the... But I reckon that's maybe likely. Because have you seen that shit coming out of like the Boston Dynamics or whatever they're called? No. Those robot dogs and shit? No. They can open doors now. Dog doors? Yeah. Or normal doors? Uh <laughs> I'd be impressed with it because my dog does not know how to use the dog door. Yeah. Um, no, real doors. So, and they mm. can do backflips. I mean, it's all pretty early stuff. But you can see, you extrapolate this mm. shit out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dogs, universal soldiers. Yeah. That'll be cute. Universal dog, dog soldiers. soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. There we go. Get Carol Co on the line <laughs> or Carol Carney. Cancel my two o'clock. <laughs> um, yeah, good. <laughs> Is that the correct answer? How do you feel about it all? Uh, same. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Uh, I thought also uh, it was a good reminder for our current times of the effectiveness of weapons. <laughs> they effective, are they? There's a lot of good gun use. Yeah. A lot of good gun use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, shoot, the shooting in the eye thing was pretty hardcore. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting how that it just was, sort of that one was, he had killed, a, killed him. Little, yeah. Little, that was um, stuck with me too, that one. Also, arguably more dramatic than a gun, uh, good use of grenades. Oh, yeah, he's very precise with his grenades. He can throw a grenade, that man. Yeah. Sergeant Andrew Scott. Um, oh, that's a good point. So maybe he was the quarterback. Yeah, he had a good oh, arm. So one idea, I do have a few soft repitches for this. Oh, good. Not, I won't get into that yet, but one little one was like, what is, what's the prequel? So 
So maybe that could be part of it. What makes them tick? Dolph football star. Oh, yeah. So, you know, chasing the glory, peaked at high school, mm. joins the army. The only problem with that, if I, if I yeah. yes, no, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, he obviously didn't peak at high school. He's such a specimen. He's, he's still on the ascension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's on a permanent. Yeah, I agree. Climb. <laughs> that was probably all I had on grenades. <laughs> Grenade use. Tick. <laughs> grenade use is strong, yeah. Yeah, good use of grenades. We should yeah. put that in our um, our verdict. Yeah, that's a good point. I think grenades. Use of firearms and weaponry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bonus points for grenades. So traditional weaponry is like one point or whatever. Grenades like 10 points. Molotov cocktail like 20 points. Oh, yeah. I love a homemade weapon. Yeah. Or Molotov just homemade cocktail. weapon. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Or just or use of everyday items as weaponry. Yeah. Oh, and if they're being strangled and they have to reach for it, oh yeah, and it takes a while. It's a multiplier. Yeah, it's a multiplier. Do you know what I like? Um, a fridge door being used. So when the baddie, a good kitchen fight. Oh, uh, kitchen fight. If they fling the freezer open and, and smack them in the face, which I don't think would hurt that much. It'd give you a shock. Yeah, it'd give you a second. It's no fire hydrant. No, no. Wait, fire What's hydrant. Fire? It's, it's no... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no fire extinguisher is what I meant. No, to say. you're right. It's not going to bludgeon. Like that is like. But often they'll treat them the same. It'll just be a little doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Uh, so is that it? <laughs> no, the um, – well, actually, I touched on that. Should I get into a few little re-pitchy territories? Hell yeah. So these aren't really um, – Don't, don't. – This isn't one – this isn't like, all right, here's my re-pitch for the movie. These are more little potentially spin-offs. Tweaks? tweaks if it was made today, some re- Oh, like a Joey to Friends or a – Oh, maybe. Frasier to, Frasier to Cheers is probably more Yeah, exactly. Territory. I want Luke, Lucky Luke. It's a sitcom starring Luke Devereaux. Yeah, yeah. Adjusting to normal life. Back in, I work in an office now. What? Who do I kill? Oh. I just want to go home. <laughs> I just want to go home. The, all right, so one was the prequel. I thought the prequel could be a good idea. Yeah, so yeah. like the last scene of that could be the first scene of this movie. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? How did mm-hmm. they get there? Like it's a, it could be a war movie or it could just be following... Football star Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I'm into it. I also thought reorder it. So I get now why they start it at the end. Yeah, kinda because I get why they did it. So mm-hmm. We obviously talked about um, Roland Emmerich saying he did it this way so that it would explain their lack of acting ability, their robotic acting, which makes sense. But Madness. I would argue that it would be more compelling as a viewer to be just as caught in the confusion as Luke Devereaux is. And not really understand what the fuck's going on. So you like he's a, you know, you, you just meet him as a universal soldier. You don't know that he's had a life prior. You don't know that Dolph's the bad guy yet. But shit starts getting weird, and there's maybe a few clues. And you're like, wait, I lived before. I was in the war. Wait, he was there. He's a crazy guy. He uh-huh. murders people. That makes sense. He's a bit weird. You know, like all this mm. stuff is kind of building and building and building. Mm. I think that could be quite cool. What would it be called? Universal soldier. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, <laughs> so the way you could treat you could treat this in a couple of different ways. So I guess that is maybe the overarching pitch. But within that, it made me think of uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, you haven't? Oh, no. then I'm not going to say it because it kind of spoils gonna... it. Oh, okay. But let's just, just say it. that when <laughs> – Okay, so we've got this guy. We'll call him Jim. It plays with a similar premise of to what extent are you your memories – 
And to what extent, like, if I removed your memories, would maybe the same thing still happen? And so put it this way. What if, what if, wow. what if every sequel, because there are a bunch of sequels, what if every sequel was hitting the reset button on these soldiers and you see whether or not, is they Dolph always going to be evil? Is mm. that just, is it an inherent thing or is there more to it than that? Yeah. Mm. That could be interesting. The other thing mm. I was thinking is, or you could just, just make this movie over and over again. <laughs> kind of. And maybe, can, can I yes well, add? kind of did. <laughs> yeah. True. Give the actors no script. See where they take it. Oh, like a Larry David, Larry David style. Yeah. Yeah. Improv dialogue. It's pure improv. Universal improv. <laughs> Universal improv. I like that. An improvised action movie I could get behind. Oh, but the other thing, have you seen Memento? Yes. Could be more like that too. So ah, piecing it together. Piecing it together. With tattoos. And the opening scene that we know in this movie could be the final scene where it's like, oh, that's why he was a psycho and he killed those people in the war. Ah, conclusion. That makes sense. So Finn. Finn. Would you say Finn I'd at the put end? Finn at the end in black and white with old timey music. <laughs> In. Yeah, yeah, like a yeah, silent yeah. movie. So people know it's the, so they, yeah. they know it's the end, especially the French people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They need to know. Yeah, they need closure. Closure. Mm. Yeah, um, le, le closure. I believe. How many of the sequels have you seen? Speaking of, uh, there's I, a lot. We yeah, I, I had endeavoured to watch one this week. Yeah, um, but this week, like most people, yeah, it was, was crazy, was hectic. So. I watched half of one, and it's pain in the ass. I rented it. Um, which one was it? Day of Reckoning. Which one's like in the? That's the most recent one. Oh, because they're back, right? So, well, uh, should I talk you through the, yeah, the yeah, sequencing wanna, yeah. of things here? There's a, actually a lot of sequels. So, first there were two TV movies, mm-hmm. which when I first read TV movies, I was like, oh, whatever. But these were significant TV movies because the first one, so Universal Soldier Two: Brothers in Arms, had Gary Busey in it. Amazing. Um, it scored zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes for critic score and nine percent. What did what was Gary doing in it? I don't know. I couldn't track that one down. I was looking. At, I was trying to find like some clips. Couldn't find it. One one I did find a clip for though. But hold hold that thought of Gary Boosie? No, of Mr. Burt Reynolds, who starred in Universal Soldier Three: Unfinished Business. Wow. Yeah, Burt Reynolds is in Universal Soldier Three: Unfinished Business, a TV movie. Twenty percent critic score, twenty eight percent audience score. I think we probably need to get a sense of the trailer just to. I would love to. Yeah. General Clancy, I need a favor. What's that, sir? I need you to die. Don't worry. It's only temporary. Somewhere in a renegade military outpost, Gerald Briscoe is bringing dead soldiers back to life. Latest in biological warfare. To create the perfect army. I give you the universal soldier. To execute a crime. Right on schedule, sir. I know. That could paralyze the U.S. government. We got it, sir. We are in the playoffs. Now, the only one who can stop him. How are you? Just the bus boy. He's the most sophisticated soldier. In the breach of security. They ever created. This existence continues to compromise our operation. You get the idea. So that was 99 apparently. Mm. This is after Boogie Nights. Mm. What's Burt Reynolds doing in this movie? This is like already Renaissance Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, I Re- don't know. Reynolds. Yeah. Why is he doing that? <laughs> Is it like a James Franco performance art thing? Must be. Or is it just fun? Maybe it's uh, just fun. I would imagine making movies is fun. I'd like you to die. Yeah. I need you to do me a favor. <laughs> All right. So there were the TV sequels, but then there were official sequels. So the first official sequel was The Return. That was, I don't think it was a TV one, but it, I don't think it went to cinema. 
But I think that was the one that had one of those wrestlers in it and whatever. Yeah. It had Michael Jai White in it. Um, yeah, I was looking for him in the first one. Is he meant to be in the nah. first one? Like, Debo's in it. Debo, yeah. Yeah. So we've done two movies with Debo in it and no Keanu Reeves movies. That settled in. <laughs> <laughs> so Universal Soldier, The Return, so that was probably sequel. That scored very low to 5%, critic score 24%. Um, audience score but then they kind of did that thing that that's a big trend now which is they ignore the other sequels and make a new sequel that's supposed to be a sequel to the you know like the original new Terminator one yeah ignores the last three Terminator yeah, yeah it's just, they did a similar thing Regener- they reset they reset their memories so regeneration was the new one the one that reset and then there was another one following that day of reckoning i think regeneration was maybe 2011 day of reckoning maybe or 2009 and then 2012 or something. They were all like relatively recent. And apparently, so the first, the one we watched, Regeneration and Day of Reckoning are like the trilogy, I suppose. And uh-huh. I wanted, I, my goal this week was to watch the trilogy. You can't find Regeneration anywhere. Yeah, right. Even poor quality YouTube it's not doesn't exist. So I found Day of Reckoning though and I was watching it and it is, it is a interesting departure, man. <laughs> so, so they... Devereaux is the bad guy. Yeah. And I'm not sure if there's a plot. I didn't finish it, so I'm not sure if there's a plot twist at the end that explains why. I'm not sure if the movie in between explains how he got there. Yeah. But he basically is the lead of like a unisol cult who are like oh. standing up for like a bit like Magneto in um, X-Men, but not good. Good not analogy. Good, but not, not like, you know, he's kind of good. He's just, you know, you want to make omelet or break a few eggs. He's like evil. And the, and it's brutal. I said this one was it's fucking brutal. Now this did critically better. So technically the highest rated from a critic's point of view of any Universal Soldier movie, fifty six percent, audience score thirty four percent. And it's interesting. Numbers. The director of this one and the one prior was John Hyams, who was son of Peter Hyams, who directed Sudden Death and Time Cop. Oh, and it's a family affair. So what's and even more interesting is this movie is like you. You should watch this movie. It is so weird. Like you've seen the movie Drive, right? I have seen the movie Drive. Did you see Only God Forgives? The second one? Yeah. That's re- the one in Bangkok? Yeah. Yes. This is so much like that. So this is like oh, if Universal Soldier. Is fucking weird. Yeah. And it's really brutal too, right? Yeah. And it's. It's weird beyond my comprehension. You watch this movie. It's like from that director, Nicholas. Oh, it's the same Ref- guy. No, no. It seems like it. It seems like it. And so. I think it's got a bit of cult status because Bilge Ibiri, who's a pretty yes. hardcore film critic on Vulture, like he tears a lot of things to shreds, loved it. Really? Yeah. So he said, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning should be terrible. It's so not. So I just pulled out a few quotes from this review. Not to put too fine a point on it, but if more action movies were like Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning, the world would probably be a better place. I think that that's a positive. <laughs> yeah. Set in a sparsely populated world, the entire thing has a mesmeric, unreal quality where things can turn on a dime and often do. Spurred on by some government types, John goes on a heart of darkness-like hunt for Devereaux, who is leading a messianic resistance made up of indestructible former government uh, programmed super soldiers. Sorry, that's probably a better synopsis than what I gave before. So that's, but the Heart of Darkness reference. So they're saying like, yeah, that's, he's kind of like Brando's I was gonna character. Men- I wasn't going to mention that earlier. Well, that's interesting too because that's kind of what happens to Dolph in the beginning yeah. of this one, right? He's basically gone Hearts of Darkness. Well, when I was, right? you know, endeavouring to elevate the plot, yeah. the um, 
Yeah, is this a sequel to Apocalypse it Now? It was kind of like that, <laughs> that vibe. It was an Apocalypse Now vibe. But that's why I was sort of went. I know David Lynch obviously didn't direct that, but it was. But kind then of they more talk. A, I think he talks about this is a bit David Lynchian too. This yeah. version. So it's this. Is, that's so when you were doing the plot synopsis, I was like thinking ahead to this. I'm like, that's a lot of what this movie actually is. That's a big um, wow. It says the opening scene is a stroke of conceptual genius. Oh, what? And then a, a bit like the old director said, the actor may be robotic, but how else would government-programmed experimental super soldiers act? <laughs> and he said, part of me wants this director to graduate to bigger budgets and more consequential fare, but another part of me just wants him to make more of these awesome Universal Soldier movies. <laughs> wow. That's how weird. Real, wow. And, and that guy, like, he doesn't, he's, he doesn't say. Tough critic. He's a tough critic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I watched it. I watched half of it and I quite liked it. Well, I was I was drawn in. I, I don't know if I liked it yet. I think I need to watch all of it. But it is almost explicitly ripping off parts of Only God Forgives, which I won't explain why, but there's a scene where it's like, is this actually from that movie? Is it a singing police detective at karaoke by himself after killing people? It's a brothel people? scene. But it's, I only remember the karaoke scene from that It is brutal. Movie. It is surreal. It is like another genre. I, I want to see the one in between too because I wonder if it's more of a stepping stone and it makes more sense. But this is just like a complete reimagine. It acknowledges the first like it is a sequel, mm. but it is like a t- complete departure. Yeah, right. It is odd. It is so odd, man. It's really? so weird. Oh, you got to watch it. I oh, might watch it tonight, yeah, but it's highly stressful. Probably, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah, That's why I couldn't finish it. Ara was like, turn it off. I'm too, it's too it's much because the, the week was so hectic. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, the, oh yeah! How have we come this far and not talked about the years? Yeah, so that's what, insane. Why that should have been the first thing we talked about? I remember when I watched this as a kid. That was I remember not having any context, so I thought that was particularly weird. But it's actually a thing. Is specifically well, or do soldiers sh- keep human body parts? Yeah. So oh wow, I did a big did some reading, which is uh, dangerous. Yeah, in a book. <laughs> um, no, no, just kidding. On my phone. Um, so there was an outfit called Tiger Force in. Vietnam, and these guys were a highly decorated guerrilla outfit. Um, They were sent in to basically out-guerrilla the guerrillas in Vietnam. So these guys were hectic. Um, But they gained a lot of notoriety after investigations, you know, post-war about war crimes. Yeah. And turns out that these guys were absolutely brutal. Um, Killed like hundreds of civilians. Shit. So there was there was talk of them killing like a baby, like chopping a baby's head off and keeping the head as a trophy. The whole huh. ears thing, the noses thing. Fuck. These guys were allegedly. I, I, I haven't gone into the, the full deep part of it because it was kind of heavy. And, uh, what's the Oliver Stone um, one? That's very platoon. much. Yeah, that's got that vibe. Does it? I can't remember. When they platoon. go to that village and they some of them are. Oh. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so all these guys, like, I mean, there was a big heroin thing for Vietnam. A lot of soldiers right. got addicted to heroin in Nam. Fuck. Um, which is covered in quite a few movies. Um, mm. As I mentioned, Dead Presidents, obviously yeah. um, American Gangster. Oh, yeah. What about that? Which is the true story. Uh, Frank, what's his name? Devereux. Frank Devereux. <laughs> he gets his like, – so they, they were exposed to um, heroin over there and then come back um, junkies and whatnot. But yeah, so these guys, uh, Tiger Force, were, were an outfit. They were well known for Shit. bringing home a few souvenirs. And I think it's a good performance from him. He, I think Dolph is good as a villain. I think that's probably his strength. He needs. He should have just always been a villain. It's a, a, probably the biggest performance I've seen him do. Yeah. Oh, let's do a little 
context setting here. So he was pretty big at this point. They were probably about the same point, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So actually, rewind even further. If you haven't listened to our Showdown Little Tokyo episode, um, or if you're living under a rock, uh, Dolph lived in Australia where he was a security guard. Mm-hmm. Or he was studying, he's a, he's a genius. Yeah, he was studying at Macquarie Uni Science or Bachelor of Science. Something like or that. And, um, physics or something. He was working security. Ended up, he ended up working security for, for uh, what's her name, Grace Jones. Grace Jones. And they fell in love. And then he mm-hmm. travelled the world with her. They moved to New York, hanging out with Andy Warhol, became a model then starred with her in, well, not starred, but he was in A View to Kill with he's Grace in, Jones. He's in the background of one scene. <laughs> but then, of course, Rocky IV, Masters of the Universe, Red Scorpion, The Punisher, which I haven't seen, but it keeps popping up mm. as an interesting little cult hit. Mm-hmm. And then Showdown in Little Tokyo the year before this. So they're kind of like on the similar trajectory here. But he was such a good guy in that. I like that movie just fine, but I think he's definitely better as... He's a bit of well, his iconic roles. He's a bad guy. Yeah, so I mean, Drago, exactly. obviously. Yeah, and then in the Expendables, he was sort of a bad guy, and then they decided he wasn't anymore. And yeah, he's better. He's got that look. Like he's got a good. He was fucking hardcore in this, but hey, in I found a great clip of him promoting this movie. Ooh, and it's great for a few reasons. Yeah, because a it brings him back to Australia, but b it's an interview with Norman Gunston. Oh, what? Do you remember Norman yeah, Gunston? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so for the 30% and I guess the 12%, the uh, Norman Gunston is, was a character played uh-huh. by a actor. Yep. What was his name? I forget. He was, kind of, he was a probably Aussie legend basically. But this character, a bit like Borat style, would do these interviews in character yeah. and like, you know, make people awkward and all kinds of shit. He's Dane, Dane Edmund man. No. Wasn't Norman Gunston Dane Edmund? It's mother guy? and son guy. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, but you yeah, think yeah. it would be because it's it's of that. Yeah, ilk. yeah, yeah. But he um he has this interview in 1992 promoting this movie in Australia, and it, it's it's all it's got all kinds of great awkwardness in it. But I'll, I'll find the bit specifically about this movie. Millions of movie fans all over the world were thrilled when they uh, actually saw Mr. Sylvester Stallone get the poo kicked out of him <laughs> by this Scandinavian bruiser with rippling pecs and biceps <laughs> like a municipal bulldozer. And that was you, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 You did a film recently with uh, Mr. Uh, Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he Claude played the Van hero. Damme. You played the villain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you toss him for that? What do you mean toss him? Well, did you, you know, to see who played which part, did you toss him for it, you know? And, and how far did you toss him? Uh, I think I tossed him. Was it about 35 feet? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. 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 Mm. Because and, yeah. and, and, and he didn't laugh at my joke. <coughs> didn't he? Everybody else did. Did they? Yeah. Mm. Except you, the interview. You tell me when you tell me when you <laughs> crack a joke, won't you? I will. I'll give a little nod. If you don't mind, yeah. yeah. Right. That's not one now, is it? No. No, okay. Actually your English is very good. Have you ever felt tempted to use it? Um <laughs> actually Sid Dog spoke to me about that one. See really? Yeah. Mm. Wanted me to coach him. <laughs> and for I guess another one for the non-Australians, he was handling that perfectly. Yeah, he was good. There was other. It's longer. I think he he does that. He makes that mistake a few times where he does try to be funny. Where I think in those situations you just, just have to be straight and let yeah. them be funny. Yeah, that's true. But uh, oh yeah, so non-Australians at the toss thing. That's basically means like jerk off. So he's yeah, he's asking him, did did you jerk off? Jean Claude Van Damme was kind of the question. He's yeah. trying to trick him into answering. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, I did, 30 feet or so. 
doesn't quite work. But it's close. It was a brave, yeah, it was a brave was, uh, little was yes gag he was going. Well, I don't think he understood the question. Oh. <laughs> and. 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 Um, that's all I got. Should we get into the verdict? Let's get into the verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. Nothing further, Your Honor. And that's all I had to say about that. All right. Well, I mean, we've already done JCVD test. It doesn't pass all those, but I think it still passes as a movie. Should we get Bechdel? into the general? Yeah. Bechdel test, it does not. It has a female. It has a female. It's a good start. She keeps her clothes on. She has a name, I think. Ali. Um, that's a real name. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she does, I think. Uh, but she's, she doesn't speak to any other females. No, there's no other. not about anything. Is but there any man. other females in the film? No. Not speaking parts. Mm. Special effects, I think, were good. And yeah, yeah bucket into that stunts and things. Use of grenades, FX were good overall. That yeah. shit was good. Hoover Dam. We didn't mention the Hoover Dam. Oh, stunt. that was yeah, that was good. Very so good. throwback to Goldeneye there with that one. They were ahead of Goldeneye though. Yeah, they were ahead of another yeah. movie that stole so much shit from here. Stole a lot. Um, did Simpsons do it? I don't think so. I Not did a quick Google of Simpsons, John Claude Van Damme, and there didn't seem to be anything. That's mental. That is mental, isn't it? Rude. Porn parody, I don't think so. Universal boner? Should be. But, yeah, overall, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe it doesn't get too many dings there, but good movie. I mean, within the realm of what we're talking about here, good movie. Which is perfection. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's good. 90s action movies. This is a fucking great lap we're pack. Heading into a, this is staple lap oh, pack. It is. We're heading into a new era here as and well. It's his debut. It's like this is like his coming of age. What have like, we got next for JCVD? Oh, it's like Hard Target or something. No. The one with the one with Arquette. Uh, is that Hard Target? I think so. Yeah. Wrong. I get, to kill? I get all the uh, names mixed up. Kill Hard Target. <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, we got to make that Jean Claude Van Damme movie name generator thing. That'll be good. It will be good. Yeah. Hard Target. Sudden Target Kill. Sudden Target. <laughs> you can mix them sudden, all up. And sudden, they sudden Target Blood. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Is that it? That's it. What are we doing next week? We don't know yet. We've got a few things. Probably. The Beatles is in the mix. Um, I think we should do it. It's on Netflix. I'm keen to watch it. Carol wasn't very keen to watch it. We haven't done any Tim Burton or Michael Keaton. It's time. I might just or Alec Baldwin or Billy Baldwin or Billy Baldwin. (laughs) Oh, I hear MVP. Any MVP? I'm going to give it to Allison. I agree. Yeah, (laughs) I put my hands up for some reason. I won't be touching them. No, good for her. You're too far away. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. That was pretty light on the verdict section, but sorry, we're really hungry. <laughs> yeah, I'm fading slightly. Yeah, and we kind of did the verdict within the. Yeah, within yeah. The we liked it. We liked it. It's a good movie. Go watch it. Yeah, You're watch at home. It. Everyone's at home. Watch it. Watch Day of Reckoning too. It's fucking weird. Hey, leave us a review. Find us on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. All those usual things, and we'll see you Bye. next week. Bye. Bye.